Welcome to episode 55 of ShimmyCast, the podcast for dancers and fans of Middle Eastern dance. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. Uh, this week we will continue with my phone interview with Ariella, and we have event announcements and questions of the week, and a review of the CD, Tribal Derivations, and a review of the book, Stories from Inside the Mirror, a belly dance anthology. And this week's music is from Belly House and, well, Belly House. But it's two different albums. And um, I want to apologize for this episode being a little late. Um, I was away at a museum conference last week in, um, a little bit south of here in state. And I had two presentations to give. So um, things have been a little hectic for me. But hopefully um, I won't have any more interference for a while, at least until the end of April, when I have to go to another conference in Denver, again, to do another presentation. <laughs> but it's all good, and we're here now, and that's what matters. So let's get started. What has your greatest belly dance epiphany been? Jamila in southern Minnesota posted, My greatest epiphany was the first time I heard belly music and saw one of my friends dance at a party back in 1973. I was gobsmacked. I had to learn this. It was an instant compulsion and has been an enduring passion. In a nearly equal event, dancing to a live band or musician. I love it beyond words. As much as I enjoy all the recorded music, there is nothing to compare with the passion of dancing with a talented oud player, a drummer, or guitarist, or a full band. I recently danced with Pablo, and I felt like I was 20 again. Well, thanks for that answer. And how do you pick music to perform to? Again, Jamila in Southern Minnesota posted, My advanced class delves into music and choreography. While a piece of music may grab your heart, jolt your hips, and make your head spin, it may be a fabulous improvisation song, but not be a good piece for choreography. I suggest a few guidelines for dancers beginning to develop choreography. Check the time. For your first or second performance, a three to four minute song is plenty of music to memorize. You'll have plenty of time as you gain experience to develop a 20 minute routine. Check the time signature. It's easier to start with familiar 4-4 or 3-4 beats. Play the song a bazillion times while walking your dog, cleaning, doing anything. Do you still love it? Do moves spring to mind while you listen? Can you easily memorize the music? Can you write out the beats and count out the changes? Is it still fun and compelling? Does the music have repetitions that are easily recognized, yet may have little surprises occasionally? This allows you to repeat movements and yet add in a little change for interest periodically. Singers repeat phrases, so can dancers. Is the pace comfortable with your skill level? 
The first piece should be a nice medium pace, so you can get a fun shimmy in here and there, but not so fast that you're about to fall down at the end of it. Slow music is just as challenging as fast and can, and can keep until your next choreography. If you're really stumped, try to find a song with a similar beat and sound to one you've seen in performance. Using the exact same music may tempt you to copy a choreography, and you are trying to develop your own talents. There is so much fabulous music available. Open yourself to all the possibilities. I'm sure others have better ideas, but this is a start. I prefer improvisation, and choreography is not my strength. I hope it's helpful. Well, I have to say, Jamila, um, that are most of those are are points that I tell my students too um, when they're picking a song to perform to for the first time. Um, I always try to encourage them. Definitely, you know, the three to four minute mark. I actually, with my beginning students, um, encourage them to do more two and a half to three minutes, um, and I also encourage them to go with songs that have. Um, good easy beats and that like they you can easily count them in sets of eight or sets of four or something like that um, and I also recommend a um, medium pace tempo um, and and yeah you you have to listen to something a bazillion times if you're gonna choreograph to it um, to me as far as picking music to perform to I I and I have to wonder if all dancers are like this. I have a list of about somewhere between 50 and 80 songs that I'm just like, someday I'm going to perform to that piece for all 50 to 80 of them. <laughs> and um, I, I keep them in a playlist on my iPod and I just listen to them over and over. I'll, I'll listen to the, all of them again and again and again. And then when I know a performance is coming up and I have to commit to one and just pick one to develop a routine to, then I'll start whittling it down. And most of what I go on at that point is what I'm in the mood for. Um, it's... Or, and it's not always necessarily the mood of the music either. Sometimes it's the mood of what costume I want to wear. And then depending on the costume I want to wear, then I'll go to that list of songs and I'll try to find a song that's more appropriate to that costuming. But most of the time it's more what mood of music I'm into. You know, if, if, at that point, I'm just like, oh, I need to do a gypsy piece. I haven't done a gypsy piece in a long time, and I want to do something more in that flavor. Or do I want to go, like, just straight-out cabaret, or am I more in the mood for a drum solo, or, you know. And that's how I tend to, to when I'm actually getting down to the nitty-gritty, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick a song and commit to it and choreograph it and really develop a solo to it. Um, most of the time it all comes down to my mood. <laughs> and sometimes that can get me into trouble because 
sometimes my mood changes two days before the performance and I'm just like no I can't work with this anymore and I really have to do this one instead but um, most of the time I am disciplined enough that that I can I can figure out what my mood is going to be um, and particularly since um, we do a lot of outdoor festivals and stuff a lot of time it, it also for me depends on what time of year it is um, you know, we annually do spring fest and it's right at the beginning of spring and it's just everything. It's, you know, the flowers are blooming and everything's so colorful and all that kind of stuff. So I tend to like to pick more, um, peppy and fun and vibrant music to do solos to at that particular performance, because that's just what the atmosphere and the seasons and and my mood is at that particular time at that festival year after year it just is like yeah let's it's spring and let's celebrate spring um but then we we also do a festival that's in the autumn and so at that point it's it's more you know more of a a crisp cream uh, a crisp cleanness of autumn if that makes sense um and and i i let it dictate to me too if it if i know it's going to be an outdoor venue or indoor venue so a lot of times i try to think about when i'm developing a solo you know what am i in the mood for what do i think my audience is going to be in the mood for what are my performance conditions you know am i going to be performing inside or outside is it in the spring and so there's a high chance it could be raining or windy or both, <laughs> you know, and in the fall, um, for our fall performances, even when they're outside, it doesn't tend to be as windy in the fall. So then that leaves me open to, um, more possibilities as far as props and things like that go. Um, so those are all all things that I let influence me as far as when I get down to the nitty gritty of picking out a song. Um, now just to get on my list of possibilities, it's wide open. Because um, there there have been times I've put a song on a list and then I've decided, no, I'm, I, I really am never going to perform to that. And that's just going to be a workout song or, or a song that I use for you know, exercises or drills or something in my class. Um, but I mean, I, I pick stuff up everywhere and my friends sometimes get embarrassed walking with me, you know, in the mall or through the bookstore where they sell music as well. And they've got CDs playing and I like just assault the cell person. And I'm like, what is that song? Tell me the name of it now. <laughs> so definitely always, have your ears open and always be listening because you never know when you're going to hear something that you're just like, I have to have it. And now your ShimmyCast news. March 17th through April 30th, the Billy Dance Superstars will be having various workshops and shows in Washington, Colorado, British Columbia, Italy, Germany, California, Oklahoma, Austria, Spain, Morocco, and the United Kingdom. March 19th, 
Rinderyard International Film and Documentary Festival with Underbelly World Premiere, London, UK. March 20th, Princess Farhana Workshop Seminar and Show, sponsored by the Cookie Kaftan in Northampton, United Kingdom. March 22nd, Lost Treasures Market and Workshop with Dalla in St. Louis, Missouri. March 22nd through the 30th, Annual Lotus Dance Retreat in Bali, Indonesia with Samra, Sira, and Joyce. March 28th through the 30th, Belly Sulk presents a three-day belly dance seminar with Suhalia Salampur in Charlottesville, Virginia. March 29th through the 30th, Leela from Cairo, Egypt, in workshop and show in Huntington Beach, California. March 30th, Ursula presents The Day the Stars Came Out, a benefit for Samaritan House, Virginia Beach, Virginia. April 4th through 6th, Bathsheba presents Kimra Naji in Turbo Table. I think that's supposed to be Tabla. In Arab Dance Lecture and Workshop in Richmond, Virginia. April 4th through 6th, MEDA of Louisiana presents Amel Tafsut and Ishmael in Workshops in New Orleans, Louisiana. April 5th, Dahlia Kaila in Clive, Iowa. April 5th, Princess Farhana Workshop, Belly Dance Fan Fusion in Los Angeles, California. April 7th through the 22nd, Second Annual Magic Bali Retreat with Hydea. April 10th through the 13th, Bahia's Hot Tribal Dance Camp featuring Zoe Jacks, Brandy Bullen, and Bahia. Camp Arrowhead in Hunt, Texas. April 11th through the 13th, Kareen and Kyra present Yusira Saruf in a three-day workshop. Weekend will include three days of classes and a gala belly dance show in Miami, Florida. April 12th through the 13th, Dalina in Chicago. April 18th through the 19th, Virginia of Miami in two-day workshops plus evening show in Knoxville, Tennessee. April 18th through 20th, Little Egypt presents Fifi Abdo in workshops and show in Dallas, Texas. April 18th through 20th, Body Works by Shandani presents Aradia of Las Vegas in workshops and show, Virginia Beach, Virginia. April 19th through 20th, the Bangladesh Association of Florida presents the 15th Asian Food Fair and Cultural Show with two days of spectacular shows, Asian cuisine, and shopping in Delray Beach, Florida. April 24th through the 25th, Spirit of the Tribes in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. April 25th through the 27th, 15th Annual Women's Weekend Workshop, Ancient Echoes of Tribal Belly Dance with Paulette Reese-Dennis and the Gypsy Caravan Dancers, Amel Tafsut and Leanne Gillen at Britton Bush Hot Springs, Oregon. April 25th through the 27th, Tribal Caravan LA, three days of workshops and vending with performances on Saturday, pre and after parties, Sharon Kahara, Ariella, 
Unmata and Moore in Newberry Park near Los Angeles, California. April 26th, Spring Hofla in Riverside, Missouri. April 26th, Meyer and Wall will be performing at Spring Fest in Fayetteville, Arkansas. April 26th through the 27th, Pomegranate Productions presents Endeavors of the Heart with Carolino Car- Norikio and Aziza in San Fe, New Mexico. This has been the ShimmyCast News for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. Tribal Derivations by Beats Antique, reviewed by Anala Rabari. This 12-track CD runs about an hour long, with the longest track coming in at just over 5 minutes, and the majority of tracks are more around 3 to 4 minutes. Track 1 is really cool. It has some awesome drumming with solid, concise rhythms laying out a groovy beat. It has repetitive points, but they're not too repetitive, and I think it sets a great pace for the rest of the CD. All the tracks on this CD aren't too long or too short, so Western audiences should like them. Also, the repetitiveness isn't too much, so Western audiences won't get bored by it. This song, The Lantern, has a nice solid kind of ethereal quality with a nice cello in the background, giving it a haunting feeling behind the drumming that really intrigues me. I think the thing that's really cool about this CD is I can see dancers of any style liking this music. It's edgy enough for fusing gothic and tribal dancers, but it is also substantive enough for its traditional rhythms and not too out there. So cabaret dancers will probably be intrigued by it as well, especially if they are looking for something that's not strictly cabaret and something that has a flair of a different touch. They have some some cool special effects things going on in the music, like a little bit of vocals or boat bells, but they don't overuse these. The track Rabat starts out with this great African groove that then gets mixed with the more traditional rhythms of a gypsy a gypsy-like violin and Middle Eastern drums. The tempos and rhythms are awesome, and they just take over your feet, hip, and hands, and you just start thinking, I have to do this combo or that combo. Track 5, named Slow, has a nice tempo, and again, it's another nice example of how they mix the drums, violins, and guitars to spice up the tracks. Some tracks are are sultry, some tracks are sultry, but others are burlesque-ish and vaudeville or macabre sounding. I love the addition of the trumpet and brass bands on some tracks and the effects that they can get from these instruments that aren't normally used for belly dance music. I love how the track Break Me starts out with the dark, quiet mood and then it breaks into this great drum, zill, and piano combo. Frankly, there isn't a track on this CD that I don't like. I can't necessarily see myself performing to all of them, but I sure use them all in my private practice, and I can see the performance potential in all the tracks.
This CD is definitely worth a listen to by every dancer. And when you get to track 13, make sure you listen all the way through it. You just might find something surprising at the end. This week's first song is Fantasy from the album Chantress by Belly House featuring Lilith.
This week's second review is Stories from Inside the Mirror, a belly dance anthology, reviewed by Anala Rabari. Stories from Inside the Mirror is a collection of 40 articles written by a wide range of dancers, including cabaret, tribal, fusion, and male dancers. The topics range from heartbreaking poignancy to roll-on-the-floor laughing humor. There are stories of family being supportive and condemning, the struggle to gain acceptance in a disapproving community, the struggle to gain self-acceptance, the stories of the dance healing medical conditions and being an escape from abuse, the humbling experience of costume malfunctions, and the stories of childhood dreams being fulfilled. Although there aren't any articles that I didn't like, the ones that stood out the most to me were a collection of interviews with dancers and their husbands, a few articles written by a dancer's husband, and an article by a male dancer. These stood out the most to me because they're a side of the dance I rarely get to look at. The book ends with four choreographies for you to try. Some are geared towards solos and some for groups. The song and artist information are included for those who really want to learn them. Also included is information on picking a dance name, complete with a short dictionary, as well as a guide to Middle Eastern instruments and rhythms. A number of the articles are written by non-native English speakers, and a few of the articles also include a version of the article in their native language. I feel this was a lovely touch to help the, author, the authors express themselves. Beautiful photos and illustrations are included with each article, helping give a more personal touch to the project. My only complaint is that some of the articles were just too short, and I wanted to know more about these dancers. Luckily, geographic locations, emails, and web addresses are included for most of the authors. If you love learning how others, found, how others find belly dance, why they love belly dance, what they gain from belly dance, and how it has touched their lives, then this book is definitely for you. Just a reminder that in late April, early May, I'll be traveling to Denver, Colorado, if any of you guys are in that area, and then probably sometime this summer, um, more like July or August, I'll be traveling to the Washington, D.C. area. So um, if anybody is in those areas and you guys want to actually meet in person and go hang out or catch some dancers... Um, or if there are workshops going on, I would love to hear about it. And if you have comments, suggestions, or feedback, send those to shimmycast@gmail.com. Post on our forum at shimmycast.blogspot.com. Um, don't forget to leave reviews and vote for the show. And thanks, you guys. Again, this week we have um, another section of my phone interview with Ariella, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. 
You mentioned yoga. Are there other exercise regimes that you feel aid belly dancing? Um, do I do I feel aid belly dancing? Well, um, I think that Pilates is very good um, in terms of strengthening the core, um, which is uh, one of the you know uh, one of the things that I find to be um, essential to our belly dance uh, practice. And um, I'm not very familiar with Pilates yet. Um, however, I'm I'm looking into it, and and the more I find, and the more I learn, it just seems really really like a great thing to um, kind of cross-train on with your belly dance practice as well as yoga. And, you know, I mean, I go to the gym if I can when I'm home, you know, at least three times a week, and I'm doing my cardio, you know, making sure that I'm, you know, healthy and fit and also doing some um, working with some of the weights and some of the machines on strengthening my quads um, and also strengthening my arm muscles um, in – in, I guess, um, addition to or conjunction with all the drills I do um, when I'm in the studio with my arms. So that, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I would say, you know, Pilates and maybe get into the gym um, and, of course, yoga. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you pick music to perform to and how do you find it? That is a really crazy question because it's totally random. <laughs> and I, I to, to think, you know, I think on this and it's like, where, where do I get my music? And, you know, I could be in some restaurant in I don't even know whatever city and I'll hear a song and I'll be like, oh, my God, and ask the, the you know, the people at the restaurant, what's the song, you know, and I'll go home and I'll buy it. Um, I could be, you know, just any random place. A lot of times at, at um, the, the, the nightclubs that I go to when I have time, you know, there a lot of times, in fact, uh, most of the time that's where it comes from. You know, they'll, I'll know a lot of the songs, but then some song will come on and I'll just be like on the dance floor. Oh, my God, this is just moving through me. I love yeah. It. And I'll ask the DJ. And um, a lot of – I have – one really good uh, DJ friend who's been a DJ for 15 years. I've been going to his club for about 13 years. And, you know, to be honest with you, he puts out a compilation CD every year, and I, 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 I pick from that a lot every year. And um, then I have another friend who just gives me, I feel so lucky, but, like, every year he gives me, like, 1,600 songs, you know, and, and it's like I'll a year going through that, you know, putting it on party <laughs> shuffle on iTunes and just doing her things in my in my around my house and then I'll something will catch my you know catch me, you know, off guard and I'll be like, I really love this and I'll save it to a playlist and, and, and work on it. So it's kinda like just random, you know, wherever I can get it and and then whatever whenever it, you know, rings well in my ear, I'm just totally moved and I'm like, boom, I'm there and I, I keep it, you know, and, and work with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how I am too. I just constantly you get, I I call it earworm when some song gets stuck <laughs> in your head and you just can't get it out and it just grabs you and you're like I have to yeah. dance to that. You're like in so, love with it. I know, like Pete yes. Antique. Oh, when yes. I oh, when I got that album, I was like, oh my god, and I'm still it's. I got it last April, and I'm like, oh god, I love this album. <laughs> Yes, yes. I. Uh, yeah. You're the one who introduced me to that album, and I can't thank you enough. 
I, you know, I'm so amazed. I can't, it's amazing. You know, usually you've got an album and yeah, maybe you'll like some of the songs or maybe even only one. This album, like, it's just every song is just really beautiful. Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> so aside from that, what else are you listening to right now? Um, so that's, that's, um, that's my main squeeze main. right now. And it's been, <laughs> I swear it's been almost a year. You'd think I'd get bored of it. Um, and I mean, it's really funny. I know you guys probably don't care about this, but I'm just way into this Into the Wild Eddie Vedder soundtrack. I love Pearl Jam. So <laughs> it's really funny because I haven't listened to Pearl Jam since, you know, I don't know, maybe it's been 10 years, 15 years, and it used to be my favorite band, and now I'm getting all back into it and something I never would have thought I would be into right now. And um, But in terms of belly dance, what else besides Beats Antique? Um, oh, there's this Balkan beatbox. Um, I think that's the name of the album. It's been really great. I've been using it in classes and um, workshops, and I think it's real fun and gets you in um, kind of this other side to my dance, at least, um, in this uplifting um, sort of um, really fun kind of uh, gypsy style of music. So, um, yeah, I think that's another thing that I've been... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I was gonna say I was just saying I have to check that out because I love the gypsy music. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you know that just reminded me. Yeah, for the last couple months, I've been kind of looking into this kind of more, um, I guess, Eastern European style of um, of music. Um, again, crossing the boundaries from kind of belly dance sound to even like things like Gogo Bordello um, or Culture Shock. Um, kind of these are Eastern European bands that just have that wonderful gypsy sound. So, yeah. Definitely. So, um, do you choreograph or do you improv or do you do both? I do both. Um, not as much improv as I would like. Um, but um, some of my... Some of the songs that inspire me just lend themselves. I, I just let myself on stage improv to those. Um, and then for the most part, yes, I, I do choreograph. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about your choreography process? Yes. Um, that has changed uh, quite dramatically over the years. You know, <laughs> I used to be real rigid, and the way I was taught um, by Rachel was, um, you know, she kind of sat me down and showed me, you know, I, I would do this kind of rigid thing where I would listen to the song, count out all the counts, make notes of it, and then um, start noticing where the um, music repeated itself. And then I'd start thinking of, you know, I'd kind of span that, you know, whatever parts of the song kind of moved me, and I, I, I felt a movement coming really easy. I'd write it down, and I'd build kind of this, you know, as in... Um, as with writing, kind of this outline from the counts, all the counts in the song. Um, and it was more, you know, rigid. And, of course, the blanks that I had to fill in when something wasn't coming, you know, I'd just dance around to the the, the music and um, maybe even some mo movements that weren't based in uh, Middle Eastern dance would come through, and I'd even put those into my choreography. Um, and nowadays it's really evolved from that. I don't... Because the music I've been choosing lately, I've been so in love with it that I'll be like driving my car and I choreograph the whole thing in my head. And I come home and I 
frivolously, I um, frantically, sorry, um, write all these, all the notes down, you know, the vision that I had from the beginning to the end. And the thing is, is that um, I know these songs so well lately that I'm not even counting the eight, that you say there's eight counts or whatnot. Um, I'm just simply moving to whatever the music is telling me to do in that moment. And so my choreography as of late has just been more um, kind of organic and it just tends to just fit well and I, I, it just comes out and it's, it's not such a, uh, a rigid uh, process. I hope I answered that all right. <laughs> yes, that was... Kind of all over the place. No, that was just fine. And how do you handle burnout? Oh. <laughs> well, I try to... Um, yeah, that, that's a hard one. I've been, I've been trying to figure out that balance. Um, used to be able to um, when I was uh, working in belly dancing, and somehow now it's just so hard just belly dancing. I thought I'd have more time, but... Um, I, I try to have some time, basically, just set aside for myself, um, whether that's in the studio dancing or, you know, in my bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there are times when it, it feels really stressful, and I think um, that the joy that dance gives to me keeps me going, and, and you know, really, to be honest, I'm, I'm trying to figure out that balance right now. I think I'm getting it down, but... Um, you know, mostly just trying to set aside, even if it's just once a week, right? Just like a couple hours to myself. That's that's how I I do it. Otherwise, I'd probably go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and spending time with my boyfriend and my little kitty and taking hikes. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, that downtime is important. <laughs> it is, and it's hard to find it. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. How do you handle negative stereotypes? Um, or have right, you, negative stereotypes with belly dance, right? Yeah, or the have way you, the general, yeah. yeah, or have you even experienced problems with negative stereotypes from the public? You know, I haven't had any, like, horrible experiences or anything, but I know, you know, some people have given me the look, like, oh, you're a belly dancer, huh, you know, and, um, you know, I know, um, there are a, a lot of negative stereotypes, and, um, you know, I definitely try to take that and basically educate the public with my dance. When I'm performing on stage, I will show them, like, you know, no, this isn't um, the dance of the prostitute or the stripper, okay? This is a highly skilled art form. And I, I feel like I do that through my dance, and um, I feel like I also do that when I'm teaching, you know, if I'm... If someone new comes to belly dance and maybe they have these preconceived notions and maybe their husband or someone else they know has these preconceived right. notions, they come to class and they learn, oh, my God, this is a totally, like, intense and, you know, you got to have a lot of muscle control for this and it's a highly skilled art form. And they may go and, you know, of course, tell their husbands or boyfriends and then they pass that word along. And, of course, those guys come to the shows and, you know, and I feel like I educate and try to change those those negative stereotypes in my own small little way by performing and teaching. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Um, what has been your greatest belly dance epiphany? Oh, my God. Epiphany, huh? I oh. know. 
This was a listener submitted question. <laughs> you know, God, this is kind of really making me vulnerable, but I feel like it has made me feel okay with myself. Like, because I used to be the person, even around my close friends, if there were a lot of them and we'd be out at dinner, like, say, in high school or college, I'd be the one who barely said anything. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, you know, I'm I'm a total dork. Um, I can't say this. And, oh, I'm not that funny, you know, and just, yes. you know, being real shy and just real self-conscious. And now it's been the epiphany for me is, like, oh, my God, you know, I'm okay, you know, and and. And people like it when I'm myself and when yes. I'm creative and when I let myself come through in my dance. And and I would say that would be, you know, my epiphany, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed uh, that second installment of Ariella's interview, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of this week's show. For now, it's time for the question of the week, and that question is, what do you look for in a CD review? I admit this is a totally selfish question. I've been challenging myself a lot lately to write CD reviews for you guys, and I find I'm just not as comfortable writing them as DVD or a book review. So I want to know what kind of information you guys want to know about in a CD review. Um, and I'm hoping maybe that will help me figure out how to write them better <laughs> for you guys. And to answer, you can send an email to shimmycast at gmail.com or go to our forum board at shimmycast.blogspot.com. And by the way, feel free to like totally tell me, you know, that review sucked. You didn't talk about this or that or the other. And, and really feel free to, to, point, to point out my flaws or my good points in any reviews that I write. Because I'm not a professional reviewer. So I, I would love to have feedback and just to know whether or not I'm giving you guys good information that um, helps you decide whether or not it's a product that you might be interested in. So anyway, it's um, time for the last pick of the week. And this song is Runaway from the album Live from the Hookah Bar, Belly Beats and World Fusion, Volume 1. And this is a compilation album, and this particular track is by Belly House. I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are of those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.